another episode of I Can Do This All Day. I'm Dan of Cars Time Adventure. That's Mark, the resident Jedi. Hello there. Uh, today we're taking a journey. We're taking a journey to something that sounds like a Marvel movie, but it's not. Um, we're uh, taking a journey to a movie uh, that should be scary, but it's not. Uh, we're taking a movie. Uh, we're taking a journey. I can't even get words out. Um, we're taking a journey with people who should be able to put together uh, complete sentences, uh, but I'm not. Uh, that's because I'm baffled by the movie that we watched to, to kick off October and kick off the scary movie season. And that movie is John Carpenter's The Thing. The movie, hmm? not the big green rock dude. Orange rock dude. Motherfucker looks just like The Thing. But uh, no, not not Ben Grimm from the Fantastic Four. We we're talking about the thing that is referenced one time in this movie. And uh, yeah, John Carpenter, Kurt Russell. Where can you go wrong? You know, so um, <laughs> give me. I'll give you one <laughs> guess. Oh, we, we might have quite a differing opinion on this movie. Oh, and um, so. I take it you've never seen this movie until the podcast. So give me your thought process and kind of your origin. If you've ever heard about it, what are your thoughts? So I, I don't think it's a, it's a surprise to any listeners that I'm not a big scary movie person. I've said this before. I'm not that guy. That's like, I want to be scared. No, I want to feel good. I want to be happy. I want to be entertained, not looking to be frightened the entire movie, but I do things for the podcast to stretch my comfort zone and to pay back my co-host sometimes for all of the Dan Aykroyd movies that we watch. So um, <laughs> one of them was enough. One of them was enough. It's the best one. <laughs> uh, we could have done My Stepmother's an Alien. You asked to do this movie. I've heard of it. It's gotten good reviews uh, or, or it's spoken well of. And I was like, okay, I haven't seen it. I'll watch it for the podcast. I'll watch it for the people. And I was even excited to watch it. I got my wife to sit and watch it with me. She wasn't excited, but somehow Meta and Instagram decided that they were going to send me this clip of Stephen Colbert and Quentin Tarantino talking up this movie about how Stephen Colbert, when he's not feeling good and he's in a bad mood, he watches The Thing and how Tarantino thinks it's one of the best adapted novellas of all time. So I'm like hyped to be like, you know what? This might be scary but it's good cinema. Hmm. Fuck. Interesting. Interesting. So the thing, the ratings are really good, really solid. 8.2 on IMDb, uh, which is my, in my opinion, the better rating system. And then 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. uh, And then the 57% uh, or 57 out of 100 on Metacritic. So the thing, I had never watched this before. And I thought, You know, I've heard so many things about John Carpenter. I've seen a few John Carpenter movies, which we'll talk a little bit about later. But I figured as I was flipping through the different streaming services, what could we watch that would be, you know, something that's worth it for October that isn't a complete paranormal scare fest for my co-host. And I thought, oh, the thing, John Carpenter, Kurt Russell. And it's in 1982, so it can't be like that crazy, you know, upsetting if you were to watch it. So I was like, let's take a look at this. Same thing. It's been talked about, you know, by so many different people. And I was like, all right, I'm game. So I figured like, hey, this would be a good episode to review for the pod. Yeah. Yeah. So we thought 
So we mm. thought I didn't know we were watching the Kurt Russell version of Nothing But Trouble. Oof, that's rough. I well, there's going to be some arguments in this episode, I think, because oh, must that be. yeah. is that is going to be just flat out ridiculous. So uh, to give a little bit more to the origin. So I'd never seen this movie, but I did see I believe it was like late 2000s, uh, late teens of the 2000s. Uh, I watched The Thing and I thought maybe it was just a, a reboot to this and it wasn't. And so I was like, oh, then I'll watch the original The Thing. So it's actually the prequel to this movie that I saw. So I kind of knew what I was getting into before watching this. Uh, but I, I wanted to kind of play dumb because I wanted to make sure that I didn't do any like preconceived notions about it. So uh, to give a little bit more context to that. So, you know, where they find where the 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 big block um, at the Swedish the base or the, the the Norwegian, right? Whatever they are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I watched the preview to this after we watched this movie, because when you search it on Peacock. Um, Peacock. Sure. Uh, um, it comes up with two. And I was like, oh, is this like the director's cut? Oh, no, it's more modern. Well, it's not. So afterwards, me and my wife are like, they can't have remade this, right? Like, there's no way. So we watched the video. I'm like, they made a prequel because obviously so much untold in this film. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Well, so I did see the prequel before this one. And uh, I so you will watched say this as a sequel then. Yes. Yes. Which I think I enjoy. If I would have seen this first, I probably would have enjoyed it more. Uh, not to say I didn't enjoy it, not to show my cards too early, but yeah, I, I kind of knew what what the the villain was, if you will. Hang on. So, hang on. If you would have watched this first, would you have even watched the other one? Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. That's just where you and I differ. Well, let's go right into it. So the genre itself, science fiction horror. You know, when you hear that phrase, we we talked a little bit about this on a previous episode of, you know, horror, comedy, action, horror, whatever, right? So when you hear science fiction horror what do you think of immediately i think of alien i think of night of the living dead i think of jumpy scary dark um not seeing the villain you know uh dark hallways and inferred suspense i think of something that that i don't enjoy and it scares me but i'm still you know like i said i was committed to watch this, I had my popcorn okay. ready. I literally made popcorn for this because I watched it at home. Did this movie keep you up at night? Well, I mean, was it like scary to you? Uh, no. Not at all. Not a little bit. Not for a minute. Mm. Like maybe, maybe when I thought they were going to butcher dogs, I was like, I don't want to see that. Um, <laughs> But then... Then the thing emerged, and and I was like, oh, I would like some fruit by the foot. 
Um, hurt by the foot. What? Where Where does that come from? All the play? stuff like, shooting out of him so looks like fruit by the foot. Um, okay. but no, I it, it it did not keep me up at night. It kept me up at night trying to figure out why this movie is so popular, mm. and of a million different ways that you could make it better. All right. Well, before we get into some of that. Why don't you spit out what your version of the plot is? Norwegians fail to kill dog. Dog kills Americans. Nobody uses a flashlight. Everybody uses a flare. Wilford Brimley should always have a mustache. (laughs) Okay. It's my haiku plot because uh, this whole movie is very unconventional so i felt an unconventional plot description worked not once did wilford brimley mutter the words diabetes so I was I, a at some point somebody should have given him a candy bar though because he got real angry there i'm he like did. this is a perfect snickers commercial yeah yeah um, I actually didn't even think about Wilford Brimley. I was like, that guy looks really familiar, but I didn't think it was Wilford Brimley. <laughs> I was like, he really looks like him, but he just, he looks a little bit different. And so, yeah, it wasn't until I'm after the whole time uh, thinking, is this before or after cocoon? And is this the same guy? And did he just get shipped to Antarctica? Cause he didn't die because of the cocoons. And now is he like <laughs> an alien expert? Well, of Trying all to tie worlds together, of all alien experts, I mean, I guess Wil- Wilford Brimley is probably the best one, right? I mean, he's not Paul lived Reiser. a long time from eating Quaker oats. Yeah, <laughs> Quaker oats. Oh, talk about the worst fucking breakfast ever. <laughs> oh. I mean, once they gave it, for a minute there, the instant ones that had like the the weird congealed stuff that would melt into syrup in your Quaker oats, those were edible. Because they were basically just sugar oatmeal. Yeah. But I don't know about you. Every like every couple of years when you start to try and think you're I'm gonna eat right. I'm gonna eat right. I'm gonna buy a box of maple brown sugar instant oats that you eat two packets of and remember why you don't buy maple brown sugar instant oats. So speaking of the thing, uh, which we don't really know what it is. I really don't know what oatmeal is and what it's supposed to be. Uh, This is just a gross, gross food that people just, you know, that that saying, yeah, this is food that really sticks to your ribs. Like, that's exactly what oatmeal is. But that's not a good thing. Like, I don't know why people think that oatmeal is good. And when you hear that phrase, you know, oh, it's meal that really sticks to your ribs. It's because it's fucking paste. And it is just attached to the stomach lining and it just seeps through to your ribs that you just feel like you ate a brick. That's what oatmeal is to me. I will say that I did fall victim to the oatmeal where you put like the little jam or or, or some type of strawberry syrup and like little circles around like, oh, that looks so cool. And I ate it strictly because of that. And uh, when I first started going to Costco, and I needed to save money and just buy meals. Like, oh, I'll just get that as like a cheap, you know, breakfast. And I would force myself to eat that stuff 
so many times. They're just like shoveling in my mouth like it's goddamn dirt. And uh ugh, oatmeal. And then you adopted intermittent fasting and just skip breakfast entirely, right? Yeah. Not much of a not much of a breakfast guy. I will go out for breakfast, you know, on the occasional Sunday with the family just to to do something. But yeah, I I'm not a I don't want to eat a brick for breakfast and just feel like shit the rest of the day. Yeah, no. <laughs> so I'm only going to eat when I'm hungry. So there you go. Which, you go. by the way, is totally an unhealthy way for me anyways, because I'm hungry and unsatisfied all the time. So all I do is eat. I will. I, I need to ask you one more oatmeal related question. For <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, this is, is what the people want. Of, is there any form of oatmeal that you find acceptable? If you load that bitch up with some fruit and like that uh, strawberry or raspberry syrup type thing, sure. Yeah. But not really. Cookies. I mean, if gun to my head, I guess I'm going to fucking load that bitch up with sugar and eat it. But other than that, nah, hard pass. Oatmeal no cookies? I Oatmeal cookies are fine. But would you be offended? I, if somebody bought you cookies and it was like a, a nice box or a box of cookies and the box of cookies they chose for you were oatmeal cookies, would you be offended? I would be like, well, that's a waste. You know, why couldn't you get like a, a mixed box here? Uh, I don't know of anyone who only likes oatmeal cookies. So if you, a few of them, I'll even do the oatmeal raisin. Fine. I'm good with that. But all oatmeal? No. No thanks. You know what irks me even more? Is when they do oatmeal chocolate chip. I will kick someone in the chest if they give me oatmeal chocolate chip cookies because we don't need to bring oatmeal into this. You, the cookie was fine as it was. I don't need filler. Just give me a smaller cookie. I don't but, need the oats in the in the cookie. But they'll stick to your ribs. Exactly. Exactly. And then I feel like shit the rest of the day because I'm 40 and apparently that stuff takes me down. Before it used to be like, oh yeah, you know, he's got pneumonia or he's got the flu. Now, like, ah, yeah, he had a oatmeal cookie for lunch. You gotta get your fiber <laughs> at your old age, man. Ah, uh, fiber. No, no, don't need it. It's not like animals go through the forest be like, Yeah, you know what I really need? I need some fiber. I need to go. I need to go get some fiber right now. Nah, it's just not not for me. Mm. Not to say that all fiber is off the table. Obviously, I love fruit and that's delicious. But like oatmeal, no one needs to eat oatmeal. Well, well, let's ask the listeners: oatmeal cookies, yes or no, yay or nay? <laughs> so let let me rephrase that: Are you part of ISIS or are you an American? <laughs> That's what the question should be. <laughs> wow. I, 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 to, to bring us back to our more reasonable conversation, <laughs> no, our, our mustacheless oatmeal spokesman. Oh yeah. Um, That's how we got into this. I okay. looked at the cast for this movie and was excited. Like I looked at it and I was like, these are all people I enjoy. I mean, who could forget TK Carter in saved by the bell. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was more thinking of um, of the voice of the president on Rick and Morty, um, Keith David. Yeah, he's a he's a great actor with a very distinctive yeah. voice. Childs, 
Yeah, no, he did, he did a bunch of he does a ton of voice acting, and he was in so many other movies. Um, huge fan. Um, was like, oh my gosh, this has to be like his first ever movie. Um, and it wasn't, but uh, yeah, I was just like, man, the president from Rick and Morty has a flamethrower. This is great. Everyone had flamethrowers, right? Or well, maybe not everyone, but that was the main weapon. They they just had flamethrowers, which is that the best weapon to fight against aliens? I feel like this is the second most unreasonable amount or use of flamethrowers in a film ever. Something about the 80s were like flamethrower heavy. They they were. Right? They were. I will I will I will agree with you, but I don't even know why you'd have a flamethrower on an Arctic base. Wouldn't that be the best really the only thing that you would necessarily need in case shit no. goes south? Like what's the especially with the random placement of barrels of oil at this establishment? Why are there so many flamethrowers? There wasn't a flamethrower or the flamethrower. There were enough flamethrowers to where every single person had a fully operable military-grade flamethrower. It was the 80s, man. They had to. That, they gave that shit out like candy. Did they? I, I don't know, man. This is, again, it was the second most so ridiculous many use of a flamethrower in a movie. So many movies had flamethrowers. I mean, I'm pretty sure like a few Chuck Norris movies had flamethrowers in it. Um, you had Alien. Did Alien have it or was it just Aliens? I can't remember. I think it was just Aliens. Okay. But I, I could be wrong. Yeah. It's been a um, while since I've seen Alien. Yeah, I, I've only seen parts. I haven't watched the, 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 the series all the way through. It's it's really? one of my biggest regrets. Yeah. It's no on my shit. list of movies that I need to to, to chew through. Wow. Maybe okay. maybe next Halloween. We can we can maybe next October we'll do just an aliens month. Maybe. Or if the aliens finally come to Earth, maybe that's all we'll watch is just aliens movies. I you know, by then I think that there'll be, you know, little things popping out of our chest. But when it comes down to this movie, so we've we've talked about the ridiculousness of Wilford Brimley and flamethrowers, right? Um are you thinking that this is predictable as you're going through the movie? Are you thinking like, what the hell is going on with the dog? Why is this crazy Norwegian person in a helicopter trying to shoot at a dog? Anything? So at the beginning, I'm like, well, this guy's the worst shot ever. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Just the worst. The worst. And I'm like, okay, so the, something's going to happen with the dog. Like, it was so predictable that the dog was going to be a problem. It You, you can't, 100%. And as soon as they put him with the other dogs and nobody sniffed its butt, you knew it was about to go down. Right? This is going to go down. This is going to be a thing. Which, yes, okay. The thing I didn't expect, and it wasn't a jump moment for me, is when the dog's head opens up and its skull falls out and it's now like an angry little shop of whores dog. With all the tentacles and things, I I think I expected this movie to be more scary in a 
what's the thing? Where's the thing? It's going to get you. We don't know what it looks like, but they give it to you right away. It looks odd. So you are, you're just in that camp of people where you just want it to be like, I want to wait like 60 minutes until I see the monster. 100%. It becomes more ominous. It's like Jaws. You don't see the shark until the end. And that makes the shark more intimidating. But we're not talking about a shark. We're talking about something that changes shapes and is a shape shifter. So you don't want to see, like, you don't think that that's going to be a little bit weird where it's just like, oh, this person's the bad guy. Now this person's the bad guy without seeing the actual monster or alien. So the thing that got me about the, oh, this person's the bad guy. This is the shapeshifter. This is the, this is the way that somehow the science was easily proven and a hundred percent, no doubt. Obviously it's a shapeshifter where it's taking over the cells and we can see all this from our 1980s uh, chess computer that, uh, so, uh, that Kurt Russell has poured his whiskey into. Kurt Russell, who's drinking the whole movie, the whole movie, he's just getting shit-faced hammered, the whole movie. He should have spit whiskey with the flamethrower, it would have been awesome. Missed opportunity. But we're, we're getting all of this um, just uh, assumption science based on nothing. Like, and we're dissecting everything. But the, the to me... They didn't connect the dots of the dissection and the thing. Well, it has human innards. What's what? What's going on here? Um, like there was no real good exposition on it, on why. And they didn't, in my opinion, they didn't build up the suspense of the danger of it. Like it, I don't. The the movie was too fast, in my opinion. Well, that's that's what I thought was cool about it is the sense that like, yeah, you don't want to build up for something like this because that thing is trying to survive. So it's going to try and axe people as fast as it can eliminate the threats. So if you turn it into like a slow burn alien chaser type thing, like, I don't know, then then all the tension within all the the people that are at that base is gone. And that was part of the thing that I I liked about it is you have this group of guys, right? And they are just, they've been on the job, nothing but snow all around them. They've got nothing to, to entertain themselves with besides getting drunk and, and fucking around on the job. And then this weird alien type creature decides to start, causing a muck and, and killing people. Right. So I think that's part of the reasoning as to why it's okay for them to jump right in it because it's an immediate threat and that is going to act as such. So yeah, I have no problem with them getting right into it. And, and in terms of alien explanation and the reason for their science and dissection of stuff or an autopsies, Come on, man. Like, really? You're th- This is where you're going to hang your head on? This, like, this yep, is where I'm going to hang my not, head. Because, this is not believable. Because the based on the science that they explain of, of cellular um, cellular takeover, 
I'm sorry. It's 2023. We just spent three years in pandemic medical school talking about how diseases and how things spread, right? We have no idea how this spreads initially in the movie. The dog's in the room. Is it airborne? Is it not airborne? How does it spread? Does it spread by touching the blood? Everybody's touched the blood. Does it spread by, you don't know how it spreads. And then your your statement assumes that it can only infect one individual at a time. But based on it, the way that it it uh, operates, all it needs to do is infect everybody. And then there is no, it needs to assume or, or, or assimilate anybody. The dog was running loose in the facility for what seemed like hours. Like, that's where you lose me. Like, they didn't, like, immediately sequester the dog. They were all fucking around and 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 having a circle jerk with the dog in the middle. And then uh, uh, they're like, oh, no, put the dog away. Why'd you, why, why didn't we do that with the dog around? I don't even know. I guess we're just bored. And What then, version, what director's version did you watch uh, it, you with know, a circle it's, it's jerk a and a dog? Cut. It's a deep cut. It's a Cecil B. DeMille cut. Um, but it, in general, it was just, it was just, it's so loosey-goosey that you lose me on it, right? You lose the suspense. I understand that the practical effects of the more face and the I'm suffering, like, yeah, that's super cool, but it's also campy as hell. I swear to God, when that guy's stomach turned into a mouth, all I did was think of my 1980s, the real Ghostbusters toys that were all like ridiculous and outlandish. Right. And and uh, then his head grew legs. And I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Like, this well, I think is they what said we're doing. That. Didn't they say that in the movie? I it's think like... they did. I think they did because everybody watching it was thinking it. You've got to be fucking kidding me. And I don't maybe... know. I liked it. I dig that. Oh. Like, I love a campy movie. That is completely undeniable that I love a campy movie. But this movie just went beyond in a in a completely just blindsiding manner where you're like, look at all these scores that are amazing. It's John Carpenter, the king of horror movies. And he's done such great things with Kurt Russell, like Escape from New York, like Escape from L.A., like Big Trouble in Little China. And then you've got fucking Yosemite uh, uh, Jones over here fucking half indiana jones half yosemite sam when he puts on that hat who's only wearing a single leather jacket in fucking antarctica running around with whiskey in one hand and a flamethrower in the other and sometimes a fucking uh, flare because nobody has a goddamn flashlight like this movie made so little sense it was oh, it just man. was painful like the logic didn't it it was it was all over the place, and I think and the logic that, was there. They explained it. It was something that took over the other cells. It's essentially like a parasite, but it ends up taking over the host as a whole. Uh, it's just an invasive virus, if you will. So I, I don't know. I, I I don't have any problems with your. I can see why you understand or why you would think that that is kind of like a hack job, but. When it comes to movies in general, I mean, how many of them really have a good explanation for anything? You have to put on some like imaginary glasses 
to pretend like, oh yeah, this is this is gonna happen. As much as I love all the Star Wars and the Avengers stuff, like I mean, I'm not nitpicking the fact that like, hey, how is it that Incredible Hulk can't have sex? You know, like that that it's not it's not bothering me. Little things like that are not bothering me, and I'm not trying to to nitpick it either. I'm just saying that this movie, if approached in a in a different manner and given an extra 30 minutes of runtime, could have been so much better. I think it just would have been longer. I don't even think it would have oh, been better. I think, I think you can let it breathe. You didn't even get like the inkling of suspense in the fact that they were awake for all this time. There could have been a scene where they're like falling asleep, not knowing who's who, like trying to stay awake, trying to not freeze once the power goes out. Like there's so much they could have pulled the taffy on. And again, like hiding or, or doing a little bit less with with the uh, with the 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 creature up front. Like I feel like there's so much that could have just tightened this movie. That it was, it was like so, a, it was wait, like fringe loosey goosey situation. For let me. me, let me extrapolate that a little bit. You want this movie to be tightened up more by making it longer. There's, there's ways that you build suspense in film, and it's not by events happening in succession, rapid fire. Right. You, if they built some more suspense. I think that you'd be a little bit more on the edge of your seat for some of the deliveries. The deliveries were coming fast and furious. Like there's a goddamn pitch timer on like there was I... no, there was no space to let it breathe. They didn't like, they tried to do synth music like the shining, but the shining gave you time to settle with that music and feel the isolation and, and just, really get a feel for where you are and what they're dealing with. This movie just kept running. It was a sprint to the end. The dog never stopped running. I have no problem with that whatsoever, but I also don't necessarily agree with what you're saying. I mean, there is plenty of suspense in regards to who is, uh, is everyone normal or is, did someone get infected? Like who's, who is it? Like that whole scene with, uh, McCready kind of going crazy and, and tying everyone up. And I thought at one point he was definitely infected. He's just trying to save his own ass. And so I thought like, okay, well, here it goes. Like he's going to do the little blood test with, you know, putting the, the uh, scorched metal onto the blood. Um, I thought that was badass. And you know what, when he did it to the, the person that he suspected who it was, the freaking thing like jumped up, which was crazy. That gave me a jump scare. I don't know, man. I, I really, if really the, disagree with what you think is, you know, suspenseful and also, uh, you know, not scary it, at all. Like there's it, definitely some things in there. It doesn't make sense. If the blood is sentient, why didn't it just jump in his mouth and infect him? It needs to be, it needs to be threatened. He's a threat. Jump in his mouth. Then he becomes your your host. It's I, oh, I mean, it's cellular. So it's not like it's like until that physical impetus is is threatening them. It's it's just going to lay dormant. So I don't know. I have no problem with it. No problem at all with the execution of the or, or what you think is the 
lack of storytelling and explanation. I think it was explained just fine. I got it. I didn't need some super nerd computer to tell me and like find a few more diagnostics and and blueprints of how this thing works and operates. I thought it was just fine. I want to understand why Wilford Brimley was an expert in aliens and what the goal of their mission there was. Nobody even said why they were there. No, no, I I, I don't know what why they were there either. Well, I don't but... know why they're there. I don't know why he automatically knows it's an alien and automatically knows to look at cellular whatever and why he has that type of technology there to look at something in an electron microscope like that. It I mean, makes he's no a, he's sense a biologist. As to why that's there. He's a biologist. Where <laughs> so, the frozen in the frozen south? What bio what fucking thing are they looking for in the ice? Uh same thing that they look for now is any type of life form and explaining like how old certain you know like what the age of the ice is and everything like they need that type of stuff for for a lot of their research so biologists scientists but you don't know that they were different researching you, why you else were they, what there? they were doing other than being shitty at chess and they had a bunch of arcade games so you've got a problem with them. maybe it was the south office of atari okay i don't know i think it's it's a little ridiculous just like i don't know why they're there like obviously they're there to research something they're not just there just to hang out like did you really were you really that hung up on like what they're trying to research or is it just another outpost that's like yep it's in the arctic and people just are there to study the weather the ice everything like, I have, I have no problem with that. No problem whatsoever. But the weather and the ice people don't start dissecting things. If there's organisms, there are. Yeah, absolutely. There, I'm just going to fucking cut this thing up, bro. Give me all my... Just, let's go. We're just cutting it away in it. Let's go. We do autopsies in the Antarctic. I mean, he's a biologist. What else, what else do you want out of a biologist to not study study their biology is that what you want you don't want them to do their job what they what they've gone to school for he's the broadest spectrum biologist i've ever seen and the fact that there was only one science guy and what were the rest of them there for were they all maintenance people and you had the shell shock guy from nam why is he there and they got the helicopter pilot who drinks in his little cabin so do you, wanna, do you want to know? All right, I'm going to go down the list. So the the people that all uh, all maintenance people. So you got a helicopter pilot, senior biologist, cook, mechanic, another mechanic, physician, geologist, meteorologist, dog handler, assistant biologist. I mean, what what else do, do you need? Like a a lawn care guy too? Like, is that where are we are we missing a lawn care guy? Is that why why you're upset? I'm trying to understand why they need all of these. It just, it doesn't seem like it. It just didn't make sense. Why all of those people were in such a small place. So and, you should have a big problem with Tarantino movies. Oh, I love Tarantino. Do you have, that doesn't make any sense because there's so many things that are not explained in Tarantino movies. And yet example, you are still picking on this one. Right example. Now in terms of the. What's not explained in a Tarantino movie. We'll take Reservoir Dogs. Uh, the one guy, the old guy that never is never talked about again after that initial diner scene. 
not Mr. I, I want to say like Mr. God, I don't know. I, I can't remember the name, but you'll you know who I'm talking about because he's never mentioned. They don't know if he's dead or alive or whatever. And it doesn't matter to the storyline if he's dead or alive. He's he's gone. Right. He's not in the in the juxtaposition of everything. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's that. You have the whole backstory of um, Mr. Blonde. Like, Mr. Blonde, yep, he's tight with the family, but, like, why? What happened What happened before? Like, why is he so tight with them? Or, Nice Guy Eddie. So, Nice Guy Eddie is there. He's Joe's son. What does he really do? And why is, why is he there to fix the situation? Like, there's a lot of stuff that's not explained well in Tarantino movies. But people are along for the ride and they love the movies and it's fine. In this movie, like, and that's fine. You can do that. You can do that. I'm just saying that if you're going to nitpick this movie, there are other movies that have way more glaring holes um, with them, such as Tarantino movies, because he's all about the dialogue. He's not so much about the overall details of everyone. Some people, yes, but other people, no, they're just there for a few scenes and then then you go on another one for example you have esmeralda in pulp fiction why the fuck do you have this crazy ass bitch cab driver like just acting all weird and psycho for that one scene nothing else happens she doesn't call the cops she doesn't do anything else she's just a weirdo in a scene why is she so weird no one ever is explaining as to why And we don't know because she's never talked about again, right? There's a lot of different things in in all the different Tarantino movies. The Band-Aid on the back of Marcellus Wallace's neck. Everyone has that whole theory. It's like, oh, it's because he made a deal with the devil. Like, nope. Fing Rames just put a Band-Aid on the back of his neck. He thought it looked badass. That's it. But I don't know, man. I I don't know. I think you're, you're being a little too harsh on this movie. And the hypocrisy is strong because... You have no problem picking this movie apart, but others you can you can skate past it and you'll you'll just choose not to look at it. Listen, there's well constructed film and then there's paper mache. And I feel like this movie is the latter. It's gobbled together newspaper and a bunch of practical effects money that is so bad from the practical effects are bad yeah oh my god they're uh again again like i i look at it as you could have done so much more with this movie if you just didn't i don't know uh, showing the thing is the thing that got me like right off the bat it was just weird and it wasn't like scary it was just like gory to be gory is hilarious sometimes like Tarantino does it. And I think it's funny, right? The, the kill bill ninja scene is hilarious. I don't know. This just didn't get me like, and maybe I was just expecting too much because the reviews and the hype about the movie were so much when I went into it, but it just was not, it just wasn't there for me. And that's okay. You have uh, as much as I don't necessarily like in quotes, old movies, I think you have a problem with older movies and viewing them now compared to if you watched them, you know, 40 years ago. 
Um, because I think like you had the same thing with Terminator. Terminator, one of the best science fiction movies ever, and you fucking hated it. And you were like, well, this because I saw stupid. Terminator Two, which is yeah, I'm... hands and feet above it. Again, also came out like hype. Ten years later, Arnold was a much better actor. It's just a better movie, and you can't, you can't, you can't debate whether Terminator Two is better than Terminator. It's you absolutely can. You absolutely can debate that. That's the case. You go right ahead. So I mean, if you had the same, if you had the same type of technology for Terminator, it would be a far superior movie. But they didn't. They they had some practical effects, and they had kind of like the the David and Goliath kind of cheesy stop motion whatever it's called and so i don't know I, I that's like i said a lot of people will say that that movie is better than uh the others because ter- you can argue that terminator 2 is just a retread of terminator 1 i still love terminator 2 and I, do i think it's better yeah but i don't know man you could i, I just i'm, I'm they- stating my opinion as to what you are talking about on the previous episodes and what are classics not even should be classics but they are classics by movie critics directors like tarantino um it's it's weird how how you're you're very nitpicky on the older movies this is the evil dead evil dead 2 argument all right It, it just is is the same thing but it could be better and that's 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 the evil dead evil dead 2 argument is the terminator 1 terminator 2 argument in a way though i think um there's just better actors in in terminator 2 um just altogether but in, in general uh, i understand that it just doesn't stand up and that's okay cuz you know it's like a one legged man in an ass kicking contest this movie the idea of the movie is one of the things that I'm surprised it has not been redone because I think you could do so much more with it now and it could be reintroduced because there's one thing for like an evil dead or evil dead Two to be meant to be campy. This wasn't meant to be campy and to watch something that's trying to be serious and was, was not even close is is pretty it's just now for me and and i'll give you i had a conversation about this outside of the sanctity of our podcast i cheated on you and had a conversation with my father-in-law who saw this movie in theaters and i was like yeah he's like what what, any movies that you've watched that are good i'm like i watched the thing i'm like it was pretty it was pretty campy and i I wasn't a huge fan he's like yeah it 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 hasn't. He, I'm like, I don't think it's really aged well. He's like, no, I saw it in theaters. It wasn't good then. Um. So I, 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 I'm curious as to the reviews to this and why, but, you know, it, it, it to each their own opinion. I'm glad that you saw a movie that you liked. It's interesting though. So John Carpenter, who is known for his, uh, suspense, horror, and also just creativity. He was the director. He also. Uh, did the score for this movie. And uh, I thought the score was awesome in this. Like I, I liked it. It had some like Terminator vibes to it, to whereas uh, uh, I like that type of retro kind of uh, vibe that it was giving off, but it was also just kind of weird, creepy music to add into everything. 
So I, I thought that that added to the element of of that stuff. And and you had mentioned before that you didn't like it. So it's well, really it was strange. Too light. I thought too they light. Did, they didn't use enough music. Like they 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 did at the beginning, and then it was just like you did, again. Like maybe I'm comparing it too much to other movies in a similar genre that use similar music, like The Shining, where like if you're gonna score and and. Carpenter is not a composer. He is. Well, I mean, what what do you mean? He is. He's done. He's composed scores for a lot of movies, including like the recent Halloween movies. He didn't score the first Halloween, did he? No, I don't know if he did the first one, but I know he did the. And I think he may have done the the first one, but I know he did the. They brought him so, back. Uh, I think this for is the other great, Halloween movies. Halloween is a great comparison. I keep talking about The Shining, but Halloween as well. That movie draws out the suspense. That's the John Carpenter movie I wanted to see, and there was a theme that brought together. Now you're supposed to be worried. Now the suspense is coming. I didn't feel that with the music in this movie. I felt like it was just like. And now, like it wasn't, it wasn't Seinfeld music. Don't get me wrong, but it was just like I uh, have a synthesizer, and now we've got a flare. It, it was just, it, it, it didn't, it didn't help the movie for me. It just didn't hmm. bring it. Interesting. I thought, I thought it absolutely did. It added to it. I, I, I feel like we watched a different movie. I think you just don't like old movies. I've had I've I said love this old before. movies. I've said this I, before about that. You but you always critique older movies on like oh, this is campy. I, I mean, I on. love campy movies. Yeah, but this isn't a movie that's campy, in my opinion. I don't think it's. Oh. I mean, if you're talking about like oh, this is poorly done because the effects are awful. I mean, it's the effects of the time. And actually, I thought the the practical effects were very good, considering the fact that they made it creepy as hell with all the different i i had no idea it was going to be that type of movie so i was very surprised mm. about how in depth that they went into the practical effects and you know the the gore and and you know in quotes action sequences of everything where everyone's just getting decimated i definitely think the uh the blood scene and the the nickelodeon moments of who's getting slimed were pretty great and uh you know i i i i it was it made me laugh which again is not what i expected from this movie i went in expecting scare me vibes and it just it was it was laughable from a scary perspective which is fine but like i would show and i appreciate that you chose this movie because you didn't think it was scary and you tried to save my fragile heart but this is a movie like I would show anybody thinking it's not scary at all, right? Like this is this is now my go-to funny, scary movie. One of the, right? Because it's it's just it's campy beyond. And I think it's I, I like it, but it's also there's so many things that don't make sense to me, but you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. I think you grab on to something like something with older movies or even just movies that are critically acclaimed. You have, I think you, the dissenter in you tries to latch on to something like this isn't that great. The reason why I say that is because I also try to do that same thing 
in everyday life. So a lot of times, like if people really like something, I'm going to try and find something like, eh, it's not, not the best ever. I'm going to nitpick. So I don't know. I think you subconsciously do that with older movies. Older movies that are critically acclaimed. I love me some older movies. Don't get me wrong. I love me some older movies. Maybe we need to do a throwback month of just older movies. And I bet you we could pick a bunch that I really enjoy. This one just didn't do it for me. So uh, back to the the John Carpenter statement where it's like, he's not a composer. He's like, absolutely a composer. And yeah, he did do the score. Um, All music was composed by John Carpenter for Halloween. Uh, the original Halloween. How so do you go gonna... from that? Class? That's like fucking John Williams writing Jaws. I, I just don't think you're paying nothing. attention. I don't think oh. you're paying attention to the movie. I think you were nitpicking what the the logistics and mm. the the reality of it was. Uh, and, and I don't think because I the music was hitting for me every single point that they played it. Yeah, the so movie the beginning, didn't force the, me to and, lock in. The movie didn't force me to be scared of anything. I was, I got, like I said, I was, when they were going towards the dogs and all that, I was like, are they going to, is this thing going to murder all the dogs in like a vicious Cujo kind of way? Like, that's where I got a little squeamish. Like, I don't want to see a bunch of dogs get killed. But then his head opened up and it was just like, oh, well, this is fucked up now. This is, this is, I don't even know what this is. I it was like I a, jumped. It was like a, what the fuck? fuck is that yeah that i mean that's but that's what it should be because like it's the thing like what the hell is that so i think you you're taking the exact reaction as you should but you're turning it into a negative thing where it's like what the fuck is that like no you absolutely should be thinking what the fuck is that because everyone else at the base was thinking the same exact thing I actually jumped. Well, you you made a comment about the guy's stomach that opened up. I jumped. I was like, I did not see that coming. At I all. laughed out loud. Laughed out loud. That's fine. But at the same time, it's like, I mean, did you see it coming? No. I thought I was like, how could this movie get any more ridiculous? They're going to do another autopsy. Oh, no, they're not. It's fucking eating them. That's great. It was, again, I mean, I enjoyed the campiness of the movie. Like I did not hate this movie by any means. And I think you're drafting uh, an opinion of that, but it just, as far as the, the, the critical nature of the reviews, I just don't get it. I mean, I you flat rethink. out said at the beginning of this episode where it's like, this movie's supposed to be scary. It's not this movie's supposed to be like, you went down a list of what you basically saying. You did not like this movie. I just read facts. That was all. It was a list of facts. Indisputable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever, man. Whatever. Oh. So um, back to flamethrowers. So that is a, a total 80s thing. There was something that, that kind of irked me. Uh, I think it was the only thing that really irked me throughout the entire movie. But they torch. At one point, they torch uh, the thing. And almost immediately, everyone comes in with fire extinguishers. And I'm just like, uh, you should have let that barbecue a little bit more because you guys just literally came in seconds after he blasted them with fire. And then you you extinguish the fire that could be killing the creature. So that was my only critique about their weapon use. 
So I, I don't know if you caught that too, or, or what you thought yeah. about oh, them trying to kill them or not. Hundred percent, they ran a safety drill. No, 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 it's okay. We, if it sets on fire, turn it off. Um, yeah, no, that I I caught that too, and it was it was just weird. It was weird. <laughs> Speaking of weird, I went back to look at my notes from from you know that that piece that you had there. I think another another really gory part of the movie was when they go to the Swedish base and the dude has like tried to kill himself or it looks like he's killed himself and all the blood is just like has has is running down like one of those one of those um Pepsi cups that's forever pouring into the other Pepsi cup like the you remember those old store displays that yeah. you'd see and I'm just like I think one of the things in my head I'm just like that that's not how that works. There's not that much blood in the body that it could do that. Like, I mean, it was guess, frozen. It was like but syrupy it's not going to freeze that quick. Why? It wasn't I mean, even. It was the first day of winter. The guy was wearing just a leather jacket, like he was hanging out at a at a pumpkin patch. Like I don't know, man. It, again, it, these were the things that. I that, think that you're got... you're really being confused by like you just assume that the base just happened to get destroyed that same day that the dog ran out. Is that what you're what you're thinking? Like it was well, that's like, they were all hunting the the thing after the thing killed them, right? It's just the last just that last pilot or the last uh, I don't know if there was how many people were in that helicopter, but that was all that was left. Yeah. Um okay. One other thing though. One other <laughs> question. Who was on the other side of the computer feeding Wilford Brimley all the information? It was just the AI. It was just the pr- computer program. The 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 letter the the phrase AI didn't exist in the 80s. Absolutely it did. Where do you think Terminator came from? <laughs> Where do you uh, think Johnny Five came from? Short Circuit. Absolutely, it did. Uh, so I, a computer can't tell you the results of something. I don't. Think this isn't the Stone Age. Like they they had computers that could assess what was going on, and even sure. if that's the like maybe not to that same type of accuracy. As a matter of fact, I know one hundred percent fact that probably not the same accuracy as that but you can't turn off the reality classes for a second and just be like oh this computer tells you as to what all of the all of the conclusion jumping is what got me and that was my last question is was that right i'm even (laughs) foregoing the fact that nobody likes flashlights and torches are cooler like i'm good with that i'm good with that because it's cold so batteries go out faster i don't know maybe but I have no problem with no flashlights and using flares all the time. Hell, I was actually thinking this. It's funny you bring that up because I was thinking, it's like, man, I wish I had flares. That'd be pretty sweet to have just like, you know, walking around with a flare or something like that. I don't know. I think it's, I thought about that and I was just like, you know what? It's really cool that they're using flares right now. (laughs) So I was the complete opposite as to what you thought. None of them were wearing like, eye shields with the with or like sunglasses with the flares though right hey you don't need 
Like, wouldn't you think that with bright flares? light? Have you ever lit a flare? Yeah. Like, they put off a pretty substantial bright light. Like, don't you think that that would... It's not blinding. It's not like perception? freaking... No, no, I, mean, I don't think uh, that at all. No, I've seen flares on the side of the road in front of cops and everything. And I'm not like, oh, I can't see him while I'm driving down the road. Like, no, never. If that was the case, cops wouldn't use flares. I don't know, man. I don't know. Again, I, I don't know so either what you're this saying. Movie that didn't make sense to me. So I many think things. your explanations aren't making sense. Like oh. you're treating flares as if it's like some alien technology that will just like it's not a flashbang from Call of Duty. Like it's just a flare. It's just like like a firework essentially. It's not. It's not too bright, man. Just look at the flares. It's. I promise you, your eyesight will be direct fine. Stare into the flare. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be fine, man. Oh, um, my God. Again, th- th- this movie had so many things that made me go, huh? Things that make you go, huh? <laughs> oh, man. But anything else that you got for this? I got one question for you to turn the tables. Because I think that the audience may know where I'm going with this. But in your rabid defense of John Carpenter's movie, not about a green rock or an, an orange rock man, but about a cellular infection from space. Can you do this all day? Not going to even beat around the bush. I can definitely do this all day. I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. Um, after seeing the prequel first, I thought like, oh man, I don't think this movie's going to hold up. And I didn't remember everything about the the prequel that I saw, but um, I think I might like this movie better than Alien. I think it is just executed just as well. And the facts that it wasn't long and drawn out, I like that. Um, I, I, I have, I don't have a problem with waiting and, and having that tension build up. I loved Predator. I loved Aliens and, and I loved Alien. But at the same time, I think this is just a better pacing for me. And I like the direction that it went where it was just like, bam, right off the bat, you know, something's up. And you're kind of, in my, my opinion, I was on the edge of my seat, like right off at the at the beginning where it's like, they're obviously trying to kill this dog. I knew what happened as to why they were trying to kill the dog but I wasn't 100% sure. So I was just like, oh gosh, I don't know what the hell is going on right now, but these Norwegian people are really pissed. And then I put two and two together and I saw, you know, like the, uh, some of the scenes from the prequel and the, the setting for everything is like, oh yeah, this is where they're going. So this happened just before. And now we're looking at, uh, Kurt Russell and all his 1982 glory with everything. So yeah, I, I like it. Um, oh man, in terms of the tension, I mean, can you feel the tension in the air? I know I can. I feel it yeah. all the way down to my plums. A slight bluish hue to them. So I can do this all day. You should take care of but that. Mark, Mark, right back at you. Can you do this movie, The Thing, not Ben Grimm from the Fantastic Four, but the thing with Kurt Russell, John Carpenter is the director in 1982. Can you do it all day? I want to. I really <laughs> want to like this movie. And there's a very good chance that it will it will play again at some point in my presence. 
uh, due to my uh, due to my request or, or insistence. But I I will tell you one thing about this movie. It has made me want to explore the source material to see if they represented it well, if there's just more to it. And and there's a novella that that this was kind of pulled from and based on, right? It's called Who Goes There? Um, that the the story was based on. It, I like it enough to want to explore that to see and hope that it's better, right? Or or see where some of the the inspiration and the the storyline really really draws from and and the, i hope that this is a case of the movie not being as good as the book or as the the initial story but movie alone though i like it i'll watch it it's not a go-to it's not an all day i can do it just can't do it all day i figured as much figured as I know. much but I, I will say century you might want to check out the recent the thing joel edgerton's in it um i i thought it was pretty good so um and it kind of gives you a little bit more insight as to what happens before that dog runs off so uh yeah check it out i mean is it as good as the first one i wouldn't say it's as good but you might like some of the more recent technology and how they they execute some of the things so i don't know just something something that you might want to consider later on Food for thought. I appreciate you. But that's pretty much it for this episode. I mean, we are two weeks into October and will it get more scary? Uh, I think it will because we're going to celebrate Columbus Day on our next episode. So <laughs> we'll uh, we'll give a chance to. Uh, oh, shit. Are we? No, we're no, not. Columbus Fuck. Day already happened. Yeah, let me. You're living Hold in on. the past, man. This is where I throw my arms and edit, but I'm just going to keep it in here. But uh, yeah, so if you haven't checked out our Columbus Day, uh, not the Explorer, but Chris Columbus, the director, not the shitty Italian Explorer. That guy's awful. But um, this is our third movie in December, <laughs> but we're going to have some more fun. Uh, maybe a little bit more vampire stuff for you. Who knows? But until next time, I'm Dan, the part-time adventure. That is Mark, the resident Jedi who hates old movies. Uh, we're only going to watch old. Well, no, we're not only going to watch old movies for the rest of the year. But the next one is going to be a great old movie. I'm super excited about it. Like, subscribe to find out what it is, to get that alert when it drops, and to be you know waiting with bated breath for what comes next. Hopefully, you've got a flare to keep the lights on. Yeah, hopefully it's not too bright to where your your eyes can't see anymore. So we'll see you next time, everyone.